0: Say don't lose your head or say like you mean it don't lose your head i i wanted to preach the message don't lose your head but i felt that it might sound insulting is it okay to say don't lose your head or so in my in my tablet or my tablet i've got don't lose your helmet in battle but the actual message is don't lose your head so which one do you want (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6 Ephesians chapter number 6 In every battle the aim of the enemy is to take off your head Hallelujah Did you hear what I said? Can you give me a little bit of volume on this? The aim of your enemy is to take off your head and so your enemy in any battle is not a friend. Hallelujah. There are no friends on the battlefield. We don't make alliances on the, with the enemy in the battlefield because it's either you are killed or you kill. Amen. Ephesians chapter number, four, number 6, let's start from 10. It says that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against powers. Somebody say powers. powers. Against principalities. Against the rulers of darkness in this earth. Hallelujah. So, verse, verse 11 says that, Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. For we, re- we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities powers against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, somebody say, therefore. Amen. Therefore, take up your whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the day, evil day, having done all to stand. Hallelujah. So all the armor that you are taking onto yourself is just to enable you to stand. Hallelujah. It's just to enable you to stand. And he says, I stand there for having your ways gathered with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, somebody say above all. Taking on, taking the shield of faith, with which you may be able to quench the fairy darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet. Somebody say, take the helmet. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. In Second uh, um, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says that, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5 says that, Casting down arguments, Someone say arguments. You see, argument in, in, in the, in the uh, uh, old, King, old King James is that like casting down imaginations. Arguments and imaginations are battles that are fought in the mind. Hallelujah. So he says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds that are in the mind. Hallelujah strongholds that are in the mind that that is geared towards taking off your head. Hallelujah. And so, give me my picture. And so, you see that when somebody is going to war, they make sure that they put a helmet on his head. Hallelujah. Because if the enemy takes off your head, the enemy has conquered. Hallelujah. Because your heart, you see, most of us, we like to think and do things because of our heart. With our heart. But let me say something. Your heart cannot control your body. What controls you is your mind. That is why you can have a kidney transplant. You can have a heart transplant. You can have different transplants. But nobody has been able to give a brain transplant. Nobody has been able to give a head transplant. Hallelujah. Because your life is hid in the central nervous system, which is in your head. Am I making sense? And see, in the scripture that we read, it says that, What protects your head is the helmet of salvation. I'm talking about salvation. Don't get me wrong. Hallelujah. So you see, the central nervous system of a Christian is his salvation. Just as the central nervous system of a human being is his mind. And in his mind is the battleground between the devil and God. Amen. And in the life of a Christian, what Satan is trying with all the battles that you are fighting, with all the uh, uh, issues that you go through in life, what Satan is trying to capture from you is your salvation. What the enemy wants is your head. Hallelujah. Oh, I say, what the enemy wants is what? So, don't lose your head. Hallelujah. Do not lose your head, whatever you do. Do not lose your head. You see, this letter that we, we, we are reading in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, Paul was writing to the, the Jews that had been scattered from Rome, uh, they have been scattered from their place of birth to all over the place. And these guys had gone and were being persecuted because of their faith, and it has taken them to a lot of places. And in that place where they, they are dis- discouraged, they are under attack. Some people have gone through uh, what do you call a pandemic of COVID 19. Some people have lost dear ones. Some have lost their friends. Some have lost their jobs. They are all battles that we are fighting. And he's saying that in all the battles that you're fighting in Galatia, in, in Ephesus, listen to this the reason why you have to put on the whole armor is because Satan is after your head. The battle is not because of uh, the, w- your possession. It's not because of what you have. It's not because of you know the, who you are, but it's about your head. And therefore, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Put on uh, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, but don't forget the helmet of your salvation. Don't forget because you can take all these, these uh, uh, weapons if you leave your head unguarded, you are gone. If you leave your salvation, you are gone. You can be a prayer warrior, you can be a singer, you can be a worshiper, you can be a preacher, you can be a pastor, you can be everything in the house of God. But if you lose your salvation, you are gone. And so do not lose your head. Whatever you do, don't lose your head. Hallelujah. A lot of us, we play with our salvation. We play with our our heads. Nobody in the battlefield goes with that. I don't like the style of the helmet. Me, I like a beret. Or me, I like a, a baseball cap. So instead of this helmet, I'm going to change. In fact, the helmet makes me very lethargic when I'm running. It makes me feel heavy. So, I'm going to drop it. I want to just, just go without. You're a dead man. I say you're a dead man. Hallelujah. There is no room. There's no one in this room that has not been attacked this year, last year by, by things. All of us have been attacked. But I came to tell that the attacks that we have suffered is not because of what we have. It's not because of who we are. It's not because of the job we have. It's not because of the possessions. But it's because Satan wants to capture our attention. Capture our minds. Take our minds off from God. Capture our salvation. Take our salvation away. Because when your salvation is gone... You are gone. Whoever has control over your mind has control over you. I say whoever has control over your mind has control over you. And that is why you have to guard and guide your salvation. The helmet of salvation. Hallelujah. You are just we've just come through an attack and We are about to go into an attack. Life is such that you are just coming from an attack or you are preparing yourself to go into an attack. How many of us have gone through some attacks? Mental attacks. You've gone through some emotional stress. You've gone through some some things. All those things. Listen, it is not supposed to just uh, weigh you down. The whole idea, the import of everything you are going through, or you are about to go through, or will go through, is so that Satan can capture your mind. When all you do is to think about vengeance. When all you do is to think about revenge. When you, all you do is to feel down. When you, all you do is to be depressed. When all you do is, uh, is to cry. When all you do is to be emotional. When all you do is to be angry and frustrated. When all you do it means that something or somebody has captured your imagination. Hallelujah. Something or someone has captured you. Because whoever controls you see it, it doesn't matter how heavy a horse is. And it doesn't matter how light a a jockey is. The jockey may be about uh, 60 or 70 pounds. The horse is about 500 pounds. But if the jockey sits on the horse and has he, the, the 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 bits in the mouth and is holding the bits you're know, holding a rope over the head of the 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 horse the jockey controls the horse because whoever has your head has you and if he says turn left you turn left if he says turn right you turn right if he says go straight you go straight if he says don't jump you don't jump when he says jump you jump hallelujah it doesn't matter how light the person is. It doesn't matter how weak the person is. Because most jockeys are very, very tiny.
1: They
0: look very... I, I, I think... Uh, come. Come. Yeah. Have you seen this man? He, he, he fits the, the, the height of a jockey. And the, the, the build... The such and the belt of the jockey. Uh, do you know how, how much you weigh? Okay. I, I, I'll say about 70, 60. No, about 50 pounds. 50. Sorry? you might not be careful. About five pounds. 50, that's what he said. About 55 to 70 pounds. 55 to 50 to, okay, 50 to 55. (laughs) We are not selling you, don't worry. (laughs) The horse, the horse, can you imagine how big, how heavy the horse is? The horse is probably 500 pounds. But this man, if he's a jockey, can control the horse. Can say, go left it will go. Go right it will go. If there was a contest or a fight between him Hayden and the horse who will win? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? Go (laughs) sit (laughs) down. Hallelujah. There won't be a contest but because he has the head of the horse he controls the horse. Hallelujah. Can you give me a jockey on a horse so that they can see a a jockey on a horse? So they can understand what I'm trying to say. He has been trained to manipulate the horse. So that the horse obeys every instruction. Some of us, depression has manipulated us. Some of us, anger is manipulating us. Some of us, bitterness is manipulating us. And all of those things are agents of Satan that are bringing arguments in our minds. And so he says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds where we can cast down arguments. If you can understand, if this horse understands that it is stronger and it is more powerful than Hayden, if he understands that the jockey is, is a fly that he can just swat away. Look at, look at how tiny this guy is. Look at how big the, the, the horse is. The problem that this horse has is that this horse doesn't know that it is stronger than the, the jockey that is sitting on his back. What this horse doesn't know is that this horse is more powerful and can do more damage to the jockey than the jockey can ever do to him. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. But if you don't know it, you'll be manipulated. If you don't know it, Satan will steal your joy. If you don't know it, you will lose your salvation. Am I talking to somebody in this room? Hallelujah. Yeah. So, you see, as Christians, we, sometimes, we don't believe that we have something that is bigger and is stronger and is heavier than the enemy. We don't believe it. And that is how come we succumb to every thoughts. We succumb to every problem. Every issue that comes, we fall down. Everything that happens because we have not understood that we are at war. You know, some of these jockeys, they pet the horse. They groom the horse. They feed the horse. They brush the horse. They give the horse biscuits. Are you with me? So the horse feels that he, he, the jockey is a friend. Am <laughs> I making sense? Oh, I don't know whether, I think I'm preaching better than you. are amen In. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and so sometimes the, the horse likes the jockey. Some of us, we like the sin that we are, we are in. But we don't realize that it's that same thing that is causing our problems, Hallelujah. There is no drunk or drunkard who enjoys the state of perpetual drunkenness, but they feel that their only friend is the bottle. Oh, yeah. Ah. They feel that their friend is the bottle without realizing that their main problem in life is that bottle. If they can get rid of that bottle, their lives will be better. Everything will be all over. And they won't, need, they, they won't have any need to drink. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the, 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 the bottle looks like a friend. And they will say that, you don't understand. It is my mother-in-law that makes me drink. It is the the, 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 the wife that I married, that is pushing me to drink. It it is the job that I lost, that is making me drink. It is my husband, that makes me drink. You know, and, and you don't realize that, no, all of you are puppets, being manipulated, by little tiny jockeys. The jockey makes you feel that, if you drink, your problem will be over. Do you understand? Without realizing that when you drink, it's only for a few minutes, only for a few moments, only for a, a, a few hours, and, and, and that will make you forget the problem temporarily. But as soon as the drink wears off, you will be more depressed than before you drank. And you will have to drink some more. Drugs is no different. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Oh, so do not lose your head. I came to tell you that do not lose your head. Oh, I I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I came to tell you that even though life's battles are hard and life's battles will always fight you hard and will always buffet you, do not lose your head. Do not lose your fight. Hallelujah. Do not lose the fights. What a wild horse does is that when a wild horse gets disturbed by any tiny person like this guy sitting on it. He kicks it. He kicks him. And you can see the guy will fly up to maybe the ceiling and come back down with just one kick of a horse. Hallelujah. But when they manage to capture the horse and they put a bit in the mouth, the mouth is very sensitive. And the bit goes, it's like a very, um, it holds the edges of the mouth and it's very uncomfortable. So when they turn it this way, it forces the head of the the horse to turn. And when the head of the horse turns, the whole body turns. Hallelujah. When they pull it up, the, the horse feels the pressure and it feels like stopping. So it stops. When they release it, and they push it, the head feels like going for it, it means the legs must follow, and the whole horse starts to ride faster. Hallelujah. But if this horse knew not to lose his head, and that he could use his kicks, he would be, he would have been a free horse. Because the horse in the wild will not allow anybody to sit on its back. The horse in the wild will not let any situation capture him. The horse in the wild will not allow anything to to bound him. Hallelujah. But because this one has lost his head, he's not independent. Look at the ropes that are tying his mouth. Those are the things that are controlling Somebody put your hand around your head and ask yourself, what is controlling this head? What's controlling this head? What is controlling here? What is controlling this one? Because it needs to come down. I say it needs to come down. I don't know whether you can hear what I'm saying, but it needs to come down. You need to protect your salvation. Hallelujah. I say you need to protect your salvation. You know, as Christians, we can do damage to the enemy. As Christians, we can do damage to the kingdom of, of darkness. But if we allow our heads to, to be captured, if we allow the enemy to put machinations, to put, you know, arguments into our minds, then those arguments become stronger than the God that we serve. Hallelujah. If we allow the enemy to put his bits and to put his robes uh, into our heads, to tie us, we begin to see differently. You know, one of the things that the the horses have, they put some blinkers. They put, uh, uh, they have blinkers. I don't know whether you know what it is. It's like something that blocks the eye from seeing this side, seeing that side. So that the blinkers make you see only what the jockey wants you to see. There are some of us, we see only Satan, what Satan wants us to see. Because he has put blinkers on our eyes. We can't see what God is saying. We can't see that we are more than conquerors. We can't see that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We can't see that we are stronger, we are bigger and better and wiser than the enemy. Because our our blinkers are on. Hallelujah. That is why that little problem has overwhelmed you that little problem has made you feel that you can't you can't make it you can't do anything that little problem is driving you to drugs it's driving you to to drink it is driving you to do all sorts of things that you wouldn't have done otherwise but because you can't see past the blinkers that are in your eyes you think that all that I am ever good for is this lifestyle. I came to tell you that you are better than what you think. Oh, I said, I came to tell you you are better than what you think. I don't know if you can hear the sound of my voice, but you are better than what you think. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we are going to help this horse today to remove the blankets. We are going to help this horse today. Tell the horse that it's not over. Tell the horse it's not over. You may have bits in your mouth. You may have a rope that is tying you. But if you can get the word of God, and if the word of God can sing into your heart, those ropes will come off. Those blinkers will come out. The word of God is more than enough to set you free. Hallelujah. And he that the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Oh, can I get somebody to say Amen. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, the Bible says that, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you have obeyed, my beloved brethren, not only in my presence, but in my absence as well, work out your own salvation. Amen. The word salvation comes from the word save. It comes from the word save. That means to be redeemed, to be rescued, to be liberated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't need salvation unless you have been imprisoned. You don't need salvation unless you have been bounded. Hallelujah. So if I, said to, if I said to the wild horse or the horse in the forest, in the wild, be free. That horse doesn't understand what I'm talking about. Because that horse has never been bound. Are you with me? So... The, the, the horse doesn't understand what it means to be tied with ropes and be moved by a jockey, moved by Hayden to turn left and turn right. That horse doesn't understand that because it doesn't need that message. Are you with me? But when you tell a horse in the stable that there is a way to take out that, uh, the bit from your mouth, There's a way to release the ropes from your head. There's a way to take the blinkers off your eyes. And I am coming to give you that way. I am coming to deliver you. I'm coming to set you free from the prison that the jockey has kept you. So that you'll be able to walk freely and become like the horse in the wild. If I say that to that horse, and that horse can understand me, and that horse has faith in the word that I've said, that horse will be free, and will be free indeed. Indeed. Hallelujah. Because when that horse gets out of the stable and begins to run, Hayden cannot stop that horse. When that horse is empowered and that horse knows that my one kick can set him flying, all he has to do is just give it one little kick. Hallelujah. I was watching a a wildlife program and there was this, uh, I don't know whether it's a cheetah or uh, one of these cats, cheetah or jaguar or something, was chasing this antelope. Uh, not antelope, this uh, giraffe. Was chasing the giraffe. Was chasing the giraffe. And as he was chasing the giraffe, the giraffe will pass, pass this way, then the the, the, the uh, cat will pass, pass, cat will pass. And at the point, was just about to catch it. Then the in the, in the fly, as he's running, he kicked the cats. The cat somersaulted about three times and fell down. When he fell down, he thought about it again. Should I continue running or not? Then he started chasing again. Then the, the giraffe was still running. The, the, the zebra, sorry. The zebra was still running. Then he gave another kick. This time the kick took it back. It took the cat back. When the cat came back, said no. We'll try tomorrow. Hallelujah. Sometimes we, f- we don't know the power in our kick. We don't know the power of the grace of God. We don't know the power of our salvation. The reason why we lose our salvation and not work out our salvation with fear and trembling is because we don't understand the power that is in the salvation. We don't understand that with one kick, with one kick we can send the enemy flying. With one kick we can, we can incapacitate the enemy. We don't know that. Hallelujah. God has given us a gift. The gift is the gift of salvation. The Bible says that God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8, God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Much more, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of through him. Amen. For if when we were enemies and we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. When we were enemies... When we had bits in our mouths, when we had the, 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 the ropes tying us and co- co- moving us wherever we go, we, we used to move anyhow. We used to behave anyhow. Not because we wanted to behave that way, but because the enemy was in control. I think it's Ephesians 2. Two verse. I think from 2 going. He says that we used to behave like the world. We're blinded by the course of this, the face of this life. Hallelujah. But in the right moment, in the right moment, uh, Ephesians 2, it says that, and you he made alive, verse 1, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. When we had the ropes tying us, verse 2 says that, in which you were once walked according to the course of this world. Every horse in the stable walks in a certain way. Every horse that has bits and blinkers on runs in a certain way. Horses that are in the wild don't run the same way as horses run when they have bits and blinkers in their mouth. Amen. So when we were dead in our sins, when we were being controlled by by Satan and the enemies, there was a way we walked. The cause of this was according to the princes of the power of the earth, the spirit that is now at work in the sense of disobedience. Every, every horse that has been captured obeys and behaves like this horse. Among whom you also once conducted yourselves in the last of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, somebody say, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he had loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, made us alive through Jesus. By grace, have you been saved? Hallelujah. We have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, salvation comes to set this house free. But you see, when you have been freed and you are in the same environment, sometimes you behave as if you have not been freed. Because the mind is where the battle is. And who, who controls the mind controls you. So, even though the, the, the ropes that is tying your mats have been released. If your mind is still the same, and it's telling that ropes are there, everything, nothing has changed. Guess what? You behave the same way. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So you see, salvation is in, in processes. Salvation is in paths. You are saved when you through faith when you believe that freedom that Christ won for us is imputed on you. You become saved. Am I making sense? But when you are saved, you have to work to change the process of the mind. You have to work to grow in your faith. You have to work to understand what power you have. Because you you cannot be a wild horse overnight. If you have been born in the stable. All your life has been led in the stable. So even though you are free, even though now they've taken the blankets off, they've released you from the stable, you see that you walk around the stable. You don't go far. You go around the stable. Why? Because even though you're, you're physically, spiritually, you're free, your mind is still enslaved. The greatest and the most difficult prison to break out from is the prison of the mind. Hallelujah. And that is because the battlefield is always in the mind. And whoever controls the mind, controls the person. Am am I talking to somebody? Are are you understanding what I'm saying? So, Jude, verse 3, says, Beloved, Whilst I was very diligent to write concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Amen. So you see, even though you have been set free, you've got to contend. Somebody say contend. You have to contend earnestly for your faith. The word contained in the Greek is agonizomai. And it means to struggle. It means to suffer. It means to fight. It means to wrestle. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this darkness, in this age. We are wrestling, we are fighting, we are contending for our faith. So even though faith is free, salvation is free, there is still a fight that needs to be fought. And that fight is in the mind. Hallelujah. I said that fight is in the mind. You need, you'll be put under great intense stress. Hallelujah. Great intense stress is part of contending for your faith. Amen. So, somebody says that salvation is a gift. Once you receive salvation, that's it. You can never lose your salvation. In part, that may be true. Because salvation is a free gift. Are you with me? And the the gift of God is without repentance. God doesn't take the gift he has given. But you can lose the faith. You can lose that salvation. Even though it's a gift. Let's say, for instance, I give you my my towel. It's a gift. But if you are careless, be careless, and it, it drops, it is no longer a gift to you, because it is gone. Give me my gift back. It is not God who took the gift away from you, but your carelessness has made you lose that gift, that precious gift. And so Jude is saying that, if you don't want to lose it, contend for it, because somebody wants to fight you for that faith. Somebody wants to fight you for your freedom. Somebody wants to fight you for your liberation. Somebody wants to fight you for this, this, this joy that you have. The joy of your salvation. Somebody wants to take you. Because somebody wants to see you depressed all the time. Somebody wants to see you drunk again. Strung out on, uh, uh, on drugs. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Somebody is fighting for, with you, for your liberty. Because the jockey, his whole job, his whole vocation, his whole profession is built on the enslavement of the horse. Without the horse, the jockey has no job. So without you, Satan has no job. So the thief cometh not, uh, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy but i am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly all that the enemy is about is to kill from you is to steal from you is to destroy you he's not your friend so you've got to learn how to contend for your faith you have to learn how to contend for your salvation because even though it's a gift you can lose it hallelujah You are righteous. There are two righteousnesses that we receive when we get saved. The righteousness that God imputes on us. The one that he gives is not our righteousness, but his righteousness. If you look at uh, Romans 10 from verse 1, it tells you that that righteousness that comes from uh, Romans 10. It says that brothers and sisters, my heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they may be saved. For I testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ in his culmination of the law, Christ is the culmination of the law, so there is there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Amen. So the righteousness is for everyone who believes. Once you believe, you receive the righteousness of God. This is the righteousness you don't work for. Hallelujah. But there's another righteousness that you need to work for. That is what the contention is all about. Amen. Come with me to Matthew 22. This is the righteousness that Mr. Horse, you need to contend for. Matthew 22 verse 8, it says that then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those who I've invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite the banquet, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out to the street and gathered all the people that he could find, and the bad as well as the good. The wedding hall was filled with guests, but the king came to see them when the king came to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was wearing, who was not wearing wedding garments. But he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? He was speechless. I, I don't understand, I don't, I, I can relate with the guy. I was walking in the streets and then he came to invite me. You said I should come. And I came. And when I came, you said, come as you are. I have come as I am. And I'm sitting down. You you are coming to ask me, how is it that you you don't have wedding garments? When I was sitting in the street, did I have a wedding in mind to go to? I didn't have a wedding to go to. I didn't have any plans of going to a wedding. I was planning to be on the street. So I had street clothes on. So the man was speechless. Verse 13 says, Then the king said to the servant, bind him hand and foot and take him away. Cast him into the outer darkness for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why is that? Because even though you came as you are, you, you, you have to contend for your chair in the wedding place. For you to sit on the chair, you have to go out to get wedding garments and come and sit down. Hallelujah. Even though salvation is free and our righteousness is not our own. It's God's righteousness that is imputed on us. You have to work your own righteousness. You've got to work your own salvation. The things that you used to do, you must stop doing them. The things that you used to think about, you must change the way you think. You should be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, I be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is why you and I as Christians must read the Bible all the time. Because as we read the Bible, our minds are being affected. And as our minds are affected, there are some decisions we need to make. There are some changes that we need to uh, 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 impor, uh, import into our lives. There are some things that we need to do different. Because we want we want to be transformed Out of this world. Want to be transformed out of our lives that we used to be in. Into a new life. So we have to do that by changing our minds. Hallelujah. So be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That you may prove that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to prove the perfect will of God, you must learn how to change your thinking. This horse will never be free if it doesn't change the way it thinks. And even though he's been set free, God is not going to come to change his mind for him. That is why I'm saying that casting down all imaginations and arguments, you you have to cast it down. You have to think differently. Move some things off your mind. Move some friends away from your, your mind. Some people that don't help you, you need to move away from them some habits that doesn't help you, you need to move away from them. You have to change your shoes. You have to change your trousers. You have to change your, 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 your shirt. You have to change your jacket because you are now at the wedding. So your street clothes don't match this place that you have come. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there needs to be some changes. Because we cannot sit in the presence of the Lord with filth on our hands. We cannot sit in the presence of God with death on our minds. In Psalm 24, verse 3, it says, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol or sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from God of His salvation. Hallelujah. So even though God imputes the righteousness of his salvation on you, you have to wash your hands. Somebody say, wash your hand. Say like you mean wash your hand. Say like you mean wash your hand. Hallelujah. No, nobody's gonna come take your hands and wash them for you. You have to learn to wash your hands. And to wash your hands, you've got to look at the water of the word. Someone say the water of the word. Because you cannot wash hands without water. And the soap of the spirit. Hallelujah. You need a soap that comes from the Holy Spirit. And the water of the word. So I ask you keep washing. The filth goes. You know, sometimes I get, I get amazed when I see mechanics. Have you seen a mechanic before? In the middle of the day with so much grease in their hands. Everywhere. Grease. Dark. Filth. But see them in the evening after they finish work. They look like everybody else. How did that happen? Soup and water. There is some, some, some great magic and miracle that soup and water can do. <laughs> I said there's some great magic that soup and water can do. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So you and I need to work out our salvation. And part of your salvation working as a Christian is to tell somebody about the love of God. Your salvation is not complete unless it's linked to the salvation of others. Hallelujah. Salvation is not complete unless your salvation is linked to somebody else's salvation. And whose salvation is linked to another person's salvation? Who is linked to another person's salvation? See, this horse, if he's free by himself and there are hundred horses still locked up in the stable, he hasn't achieved anything. The master hasn't achieved anything. He set one free for that one to tell the other about the, how to be free, and that also tell the other until every one of the horses are free. Hallelujah. It is time to change our thinking. See, most of us as Christians these days, we become very selfish. Say, now that I have my salvation... To help with everybody else. Everybody else is going to help but me. And that's okay. No, it's not okay. I say it's not okay. I say it's not okay. God needs you as a mouthpiece. God needs you as a representative. God needs you as an ambassador. God needs you to be the one who pro- promotes God to others. So that others will be as free as you are. How many believe you are free? Give me a wave. You can feel that the, 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 the weight that used to be on you is gone. The things that used to bind you are not more binding you. So why don't you share it with somebody else? Hallelujah. He says, come as you are. But now that you are here, you've got to change. Bow your heads with me. I want you to pray for yourself ask the Lord to help you help me Lord help me Lord if you're here and you need this salvation this is your opportunity you want to say pastor pray with me lift up your hand wherever you are I'll pray with you
1: I need. Thee every hour, most gracious God. No tender voice like that can be for, I need Thee, oh I need Thee, hey. Every hour I need Thee, oh bless me now my Saviour, I come to Thee. I need Thee, oh I need Thee, every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Saviour. your hand is up. Keep it up. I want to pray
0: with you. I need need. keep your hand up. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. God God bless
1: you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. Oh bless me now my Savior I come
0: Father we have come as we are we now know that we need you more than ever before. Today, we ask you, O oh God, to remove the, the bits that the enemy has used to control us. Remove it off our heads, O oh God. From today, we ask, oh God, that you protect our heads. Help us not to lose our heads. In the name of Jesus. If your hand is up, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. I want the whole church to pray with me. Heavenly Father, this afternoon, I come to you just as I am. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I cannot save myself. I acknowledge that I've gone far away from you. And so this afternoon, I invite you into my heart. Come, O Lord, and be the master of my life. Take away the bits that the enemy has used to control me. From today, I am not a child of disobedience anymore. I am not a property of Satan. I belong to God. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to pay the price. buy my freedom and this afternoon I receive Jesus as my Lord and my personal Savior this afternoon I declare that I'm free from the bondage of sin hell and death because Christ has set me free and it lifts To make intercession for me. Thank you, Lord, for my freedom. Thank you, Lord, for writing my name in the book of life. I thank you for my salvation.